Welcome to episode number 72 of the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host of the podcast where you discover birds and the people that pursue them. Imagine packing a family with two small kids in a Suzuki Jimny for a full year and traveling around South Africa chasing after birds. This is exactly what this week's guests, Craig and Christine Widows, did. They are doing a big year around South Africa, trying to see as many birds as possible with their two young children, Ren and Finn. Many South Africans have been captivated by their story. And in this episode, we get a first-hand taste of what life on the road has been like. If you have been following the Widows family on social media, you will know that they are able to share their experiences in a very special way. So this is an episode that you won't want to miss. As always, The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast to help others to find the show. Please also tell others you know about the show. If you would like to contribute to help us cover the costs associated with hosting the show, you can click on the link in the comment section of this episode and buy us a coffee or two or even three. So without further ado, let's hear from Craig and Christine. So welcome, Craig and Christine. We had a chat earlier this year, and it's really fantastic to have you guys back on the show. So welcome, first and foremost. Thanks. Thanks, Yeah, Happy to be here again. So for those that haven't been following your family's adventure, that you're on this year. Can you tell us a little bit about your family first and foremost and also about the adventure that you guys are on this year? Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're a family of four. Uh, It's Craig and myself and then we've got two little kids. Uh, Rena, our daughter, is five now and yeah, she started the year uh, four and a half (laughs) and then yeah, Finn is now two and a half and they're busy little kids but it's been an incredible, incredible year together as a family. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the whole goal this year was first and foremost just to see how many birds we could see in South Africa uh, from 1st of Jan and yeah, ending on 31st of December. So it's been an insane uh, eight and a bit months and yeah, looking forward to what the rest of the year holds. Yeah, I've seen you've been using the Fancy Peacock um, Kids book quite a bit this year and I think that's a, a valuable resource for any parent. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, I must say, I think I use the Fancy's, uh, Fancy Peacock Kids book probably more than the kids <laughs> to start the year. It was just so helpful. Um, it's it's easy to use. And yeah, I just it was just great because I could share that experience with the kids. We would often look at the birds in the Robert's book and then look in Fancy's book as well. And it just reinforced all the info. We actually need to get it rebound because it's just been used over and over and over again in all sorts of different places. So, um, yeah, it's just been a very well-used and well-loved book. And then how, how have the kids, in terms of identifying birds, how have they been? Because I'm always interested. It's amazing. I found very often with, with kids, they they seem to remember the birds they see quite well. Yeah, I know, for sure. It's one thing it's, we've we've been amazed with. So, so Ren has always... She's shown like quite an affinity for birding since, since I mean, yeah, she was a, bit, a real baby. And this year, I think also with kids, you know, they retain so much knowledge and being pretty much birding for six months on the trot. We were amazed at the amount of information that they were storing, I mean, particularly with bird calls. I mean, that was something which shocked us mm. on a few occasions. Mm. You know, we'd hear a bird call and, and Ren would would call it correctly or we'd be just having a conversation about night jars and she'd pop something in there as well. So it's it has been... It has shocked us, to be honest, at um, 
yeah, the the kind of level of interest and information that these little guys are, are, are throwing out. Yeah, I think a lot of it actually has to do with what we're talking about. So they'll pick up on things that we're, the targets that we're looking for in the area and also just referencing the books. They they go through the bird books. Each one, each of them must have one and they go through it over and over and over again. Um, so Rena will note any given time which owls we still have to, to get this year or yeah, which night jars we still need to look for. She'll go, you know, we only have two left. <laughs> um, and these are the ones that we need to get. And we got this owl here with this person. And so it's very much the experience also that I think has really grown her love for birding. I think that's what you guys have done really well. It hasn't just been about the birds. I followed you guys on Instagram and Facebook. And one thing that I've loved about your journey this year has been the experience you know not just the birds you've seen but what's happened around around the birds and i think in many parts that has probably made the the trip more enjoyable for your for your kids oh yeah absolutely yeah for sure i think that's the one thing which we've been actually really grateful to have the kids along with with us on this journey is is they have made us be more conscious of the journey as opposed to the birding destination at the end you know where whether it be the long drive, which you'd usually push through quickly and to get to your birding destination, they kind of will often, you know, with kids, you need a bit more time. And and in that time, you'd obviously find, you'd inevitably find some amazing things along the way. So yeah, they, they've really helped to us to really appreciate every single moment of this year, which has been wonderful. But I also think um, we've always wanted to travel South Africa intensely. Uh, I think it was about six or seven years ago even longer, maybe mm, 10 years yeah. ago, we were thinking, oh, we'd love to just take three months and, and do a road trip. And here we've had the opportunity through birding to just do all the bucket list items that we've had for so many years. And to get to share that with our kids, we've really made the most of the the journey and the places and the destinations that we've been, not just for birding, but even just enjoying being in the bush and, and seeing um, the different mammals and just yeah, really... Uh, being a part of nature it's been incredible I think that's what makes birding so special a lot of people ask me you know what is it about birding because you know for people that have never been out birding and they you know they might not find birds the most interesting things on earth if you want to say that to use those words but you know I can still remember meeting with you guys at a little pond in Mams and Toti where I stay and honestly besides the red bull quillia I don't remember many of the other birds we got to see that day the red-headed quillia I don't remember many of the other birds we got to see that day, but I can remember the experience quite vividly. I can remember what it was like meeting you guys and what it was like being at the pond with you. And I think what makes birding so special is not always the birds we get to see. Yes, it is the birds we get to see, but it's actually, when you start thinking about it, it's the people we get to to do it with. It's the the experiences we ha- we get to have around those birds. So, you know, you've, you've seen some fantastic birds this year, and we'll get to those in a moment. Um, this is a birding podcast after all, but... What are some of the experiences that you've had this year while seeing birds that have not been bird-related? So it's been an experience that has just blown your mind that while you've been birding, something has happened. What are some of those things that have happened this year to you guys? I think the one of the kind of highlights thing for all of us was when we did our, we left for the third leg of, of the big year, we headed up to, to Hootsprate, uh, to Pridelands Conservancy. And there yeah, we met up with the painter dog TV team, Brentio Smith and, and his team. And yeah, the one morning we were supposed to head out to do some some bushveld birding with them. We had a few targets in mind. And maybe we just waltzed through to our tent. We were tent camping in the garden there. 
And he's like, yeah, would you want to guys maybe want to join us? We're going to do like a lion procedure today. And I mean, like that was uh, like how calm he was about it. It was amazing. And I mean, we spent the whole day with the kids on an open vehicle, kind of being a part of this whole Mm. experience. And that's a first for both of us. I mean, I've, I'm an ecologist and have been kind of in the, in the ecology field for however long. And like my kids are seeing stuff that I have yet to see, you know, so it was just amazing to have that, that non-birding experience. I mean, that was amazing. And to be there, I mean, we saw these lion at night, so it's a completely different setting as well. And that was, yeah, I think that was incredible. Yeah. I think also that we've stayed in some phenomenal places. Uh, that we we never even dreamt of of staying. One of my highlights was definitely our night spent at Londolozi, which um, was yo, it was absolutely mind blowing. Just the whole experience. And we did do some birding, which was was really good. I think we took two new birds yeah, yeah, yeah. whilst we were there. But uh, the experience of just meeting the people at Londolozi, meeting um, yeah the rangers, meeting James who took us around um, on our game drives, and just being so immersed in the bush, it was yeah a memory that we'll always cherish. So, like I said, this is, is a birding podcast, so we better talk about birds before people tune out and say we've 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 backslidden or something. <laughs> So you guys have been all over South Africa and we, we have had episodes where we've, we've got to chat to you guys. But let's just chat about the last month of birding and some of the special birds that you've been able to see. Yeah, so the, the last month, we've actually, yeah, so we, we arrived back uh, back in Derbs just after we, I think the last time we spoke, we'd, we'd left the Northern Cape and did a bit of a detour on our way back to Derbs and twitched the lesser white-throated Marloth Park, which was, was crazy. And then obviously being back in, in Derbs now, we're having an opportunity to really bird in, which we haven't been able to do, obviously, just given our, our plans for the year. So, I mean, last weekend was an incredible weekend. We went up to, to St. Lucia um, yeah. and, you know, had, I mean, we got, had an amazing evening uh, with Ian Ferreira where we got the swamp nightjar and the kids were, I mean, it was a lovely night walk and the yeah. kids got to experience that, which was definitely a, a, a memorable one for us there. And again, on the nightjar front this week, we went uh, down to the paddock area and had an, an incredible experience with a freckled nightjar, which was a bird which I was kind of hesitant as at the start of the year of whether that was going to be a, you know, a definite tick for us or a, or a maybe. And I mean, it was just incredible to to kind of have that that intimate mm. t- time with that bird. And it really was. Oh yeah. I mean, we're gonna we'll share some some stories this week on we our socials. We haven't actually put that up yet. No, but, <laughs> but I mean, it was it really was uh, yeah amazing. Ian Ferreira is with Saint Lucia Birding Tours. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we actually I reached out to him a couple of months ago, um, just regarding the swamp nightjar and a bit of intel about about the Saint Lucia area. And um, yeah, he was he was amazing. He hosted us for the evening. Um, him and his dad. His dad was the kid's best friend. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and he actually also, Ian also helped us, gave us a spot there at, at, at a, an area he found Lesser Jacana. And yeah, I mean, we got, Which is incredible. We got Lesser Jacana as well. And up there, so it was a magic weekend. I mean, St. Lucia is, is a special birding spot, even on a bad weekend. Um, but yeah, when you're able to find uh, like Swamp Nacha and Lesser Jacana within a couple of hours of one another, I mean, it's really is incredible. Yeah, I think also one of our highlights was when we were in the Camberg area, we stayed at Cambertini uh, Mountain Lodge and they have, <laughs> we were like, we need to come see the bearded vulture. Um, do we have a good chance in the area? You know, and they invited us to come for the weekend. So 
we thought, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to spend the whole weekend kind of you know doing some hard work to get our targets. And literally from the lodge, we looked up and saw bearded vulture. I think before our breakfast was even served, and then as we're walking outside, we got the um, goonies. the goonie sugarbird. It was absolutely insane. Uh, KZN has just been. It's been wonderful to be back in our home province and getting some really, really special birds. Yeah, no, Tyron's done a a, a, one, a birding walk. On, I think he did a night birding walk with Sandusha Birding Tours, and he just spoke about how fantastic they were. So if you're, in, if you're looking to do birding in Sandusha, we really recommend them. Um, what we'll actually do, we'll actually pop a link to their, their page in the comments of this podcast and just – yeah, just check them out. They are fantastic. We I've heard so many good reports about them, and and St. Lucia is a fantastic area to burden also. But yeah, let me let me let, let me give you a chance to do a quick punt. Are there any KZN birds you're, that you are looking for? And the reason I'm doing this, this is like a hint. If anyone knows where to see these birds and is willing to help the Wooders family find the birds, just drop us an email and I'll put you in contact with them. So, are there any KZN birds that you are still saying, if I can just see that bird, we will be really stoked? Yeah, so we've we've obviously, I mean, I'm sure all, all birders know the kind of lengths you're going to go to find these birds. So, so last year we did a huge amount of prep in terms of where, which areas we can see these birds. Watch, and we've even got a kind of an Excel spreadsheet of of likely and unlikelihood kind of ratios. But there are there's there's um, a few birds which which we are are needing, and again, it's going to be I think people's intel are going to be super helpful here. And and one is is um, the short-tailed pipit. So I don't know if there's, there's a very tricky bird uh, uh, to try and get. So that's definitely one for us uh, that we are going to be we're going to be looking for. Um, and then I think the rest, like we should we we should be comfortable with um, in terms of the areas we're visiting. I mean the fact that we still at this stage are our biggest bogey bird right now is gray pendulantit, which is an embarrassment. <laughs> at, at, and just approaching 650, we still haven't connected with this little tiny guy, but we're hoping to rectify that next weekend. So. Yeah, <laughs> we've got um, we've got a few weekends that have, are, are booked and um, really and waiting for us with some really good targets. And yeah, we we hope to find them in those in those times. Eh? Yeah, I think that's one thing also I'd, I'd just like to mention here is we we've been blown away with the people who've reached out to us. Mm. Um, uh, that's to to me has been incredible, and we've you know we've asked a few people some you know advice about how to find a particular bird and what we've been researching, and people who've come through and given up their time and energy and houses. I mean, <laughs> that's other thing is we've just been hosted by so many wonderful, kind South Africans, and I think that's that's really how we have gotten to where we are right now. Yeah, I mean a lot of I mean I'd say there's probably 15 birds which we definitely wouldn't have been able to find on our own if it wasn't for a specific individual who's phoned and said, you know, I can help you here and yeah, it's it's been fantastic. So just to make people really jealous, what is your list on for this year already? And I think this is really fantastic especially for overseas listeners to hear that you guys have only birded South Africa this year and what is your list on so far? So yeah, so we're on 648 at at present. Um, which yeah, we we're we're super excited about, and we have we have for ninety nine percent of that have had the kids with us. We've tried to really stay true to the birding with kids big year because that's that's kind of the essence of of what we aimed to achieve this year is to show that not only is birding with kids doable, but it is absolutely incredible to do. So we have had to obviously be 
quite quite cautious with the kids just in terms of we're very aware that we don't want to make birding a negative um when i say that you know particularly that northern cape stretch was such an intense birding time um, anyone who's done northern cape with a few targets in mind knows that you really are putting in hours in the vehicle of, of driving those open farm dirt tracks and and you know I mean, the one day we sat for, I think it was eight and seven and a half hours at mm. one water truck waiting for Slater's Lark, which didn't arrive. But I mean, the, the kids were there with us, you know, playing outside yeah. the car and doing their thing. And and we've had to be mindful of, of making an enjoyable experience and not just trying to chase everything down. And then they leave this year going, I never want to see a bird again, you know. <laughs> So part of the goals for your big year has been to promote the BirdLife South Africa Community Bird Guides, which is a fantastic pro- uh, fantastic project. So what are some of the guides that you've been able to go out with this year and how was your experience with them? Yeah, so the Community Bird Guides have definitely been one of our major highlights of our trip. Um, we started the year, we started the year with Lucky. Yeah. Lucky and Vakastrum. We've been with Timba. Um, around in Pepe Pan and St. Lucia. Uh, we've been with Sagamuzi and Mtanzini um, and Ngoya Forest. We've been with uh, David in Mahubuskloof and then Samson yeah, in Louis Trichard. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've, we, yeah, we've had an amazing kind of experience with, with the community bird guides. And I think for, for for me, it really hit home when we I did that uh, birding trip with with Timber, and we kind of swung past his his old where he his village where he lived, and showed me his old school. And and like I I only met him on that day, and, and the amount of information he was giving me about his his family and his personal life was like 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 I was all kind of equated to like a really emotional experience because it's someone you don't know who's who's giving you the kind of their life's testimony, as it were, and how they got into birding. And other, I mean, David as well was in Mahubusta was so good with the kids, you know, like passing on his passion. You can see the kids getting excited about it. And, and they mm. still talk about, I mean, Rena still talks about Sagamuzi. We actually bumped into him this weekend at Linza Forest and the kids were so excited to see him. So yeah, an incredible, they're an incredible resource and yeah, a, an amazing testament to the the initiative that, that BirdLife Africa has got with them. Yeah, sakamuzi has got such a big personality, such an awesome guy. It's like one of those people you just, you just want to spend time with. Oh yeah, absolutely. You definitely leave a day with one of the community bird guides. You leave, leave with tons of memories, lots of laughs and yeah, you know, even if you don't get all your targets, it's such an experience as Craig says it's just a real immersion into um, the area and into a whole experience in finding the birds yeah I think one thing which which also was an amazing memory was um, in Vakastrum we um, lucky took us to find Buerta's Lark and, and there you were and and he was very mindful of of getting the whole family on the experience and then he actually he asked if he can take the kids back to the car so that Christine and I can can spend some time with the birds, um, which was, I mean, it's amazing to have that that kind of mindset and also how comfortable the kids were to know. And he took the kids there and it was showing them a few things of plants and that. So that was also just such a magic experience. I think what people need to also realize, you know, it's almost like when we speak about the, the community bird guides, we don't punt them because it's a nice thing to do or because, you know, when you 
you hire one of the community bird guides for the day, you're just doing your part. And yeah, in some ways you are doing your part to make a difference. But I think they are they are actually fantastic guides. And that's that's why that's why I believe in the project. It's not just that you're getting someone that you have to let me just use the word to sound to feel sorry for and rent and and and, and hire for the day. These are fantastic guides. And I mean, I remember Lucky up in Vakastrum when we went with them. The knowledge he has of the area is 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 second to none. And it's just, you know, it's it's actually it's special actually going out with them. Uh, it's it's actually special going out with them for the day. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we've been with a lot of guides this year, and I would say the community bird guides are honestly some of the absolute best guides that we've been with. Yeah, their knowledge uh, of those target birds in the area is next level. We absolutely loved our time and we're really hoping to connect with them again, especially when we go back to Limpopo later in the year. So um, you already spoke about it earlier, Christine, that you guys have already stated some amazing places this year. And this is going to be a very difficult question now, but I'm going to ask you to narrow it down to some of the best places that you've stated. What are some? What have been some of the places that you would say have been some of the highlights for you this year? Um, so definitely our stay on the Limpopo River. We camped um, at a very special campsite. It's only got three little camping areas um, on the Limpopo River opposite Tuli Block. Um, the Botswana's Tuli Block. It was incredible. It's wild camping um, and the bird life there was insane. We did lots of walks looking for pearls. So uh, the last pre- the last couple of years, the pearls had been a nesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we dipped on the pearls, but the experience has been definitely one of our absolute highlights um, um, in terms of the place that we stayed and then also just the experience of being fully out there in the wild. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I think reflections as well. Reflections oh, reserve yes. um, down in, in, in the wilderness. Uh, Tim Carr's place was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. So we, we managed to meet up with with him and Justin Ponder at the start of the year. And then Tim did say, listen, if we're ever back in the area, we should definitely swing past. And and we did. It was just amazing. I mean, the whole setup there is, is also amazing. What yeah. they've done with, with that particular area to bring it back to kind of the natural um, vegetation and the structure that's there um, and the birding as well was incredible yeah. I mean it was also lovely just to get, I mean, spend time with Tim's a fantastic birder um, and we got to spend more time with Justin and Mark as well which was great um, and I think just at that time birding with those guys also I mean we had such a, a classic day with a few vehicle problems and I mean Tim was all about making sure that we did birding that day. I mean, we we nursed a car <laughs> which shouldn't be driven with yeah. <laughs> liters of water. Um, but that was definitely a highlight place. So, Craig, one thing I have been impressed with this year is your photography. You've got a very distinctive style. And what are some of the tips that you can give to bird photographers who are listening? So I think the biggest tip is if you can take a photo of a bird with your child leaning on you at 600 mils, <laughs> then you're a machine. Um, no, but... I think for, for me, I've always I've always loved photography and I've, I've always kind of enjoyed the creative side. The main thing is just the time. And if you can kind of get to know your subject before, which is what I try to do, if we're going to go to a particular area, I try to understand you know, as much as I can about that bird before I get there. So you can kind of not premeditate, but you kind of have a better understanding of what that bird's probably going to do. And just, you know, I mean, just enjoy it. I mean, that's a thing. I, I get a, so much joy from not only seeing a bird, but being able to photograph a bird is also just, yeah, really, really stunning. 
And what what is your camera setup? So I've got the I've got the Canon EOS R mirrorless, which yeah, it's it's an amazing camera, and yeah, I was reluctant to head across to mirrorless, but yeah, I think once you once you make the move, you can't turn back because it is amazing. And then I've got the Sigma one hundred and fifty to six hundred, which I use for burning, and I've got a little fifty mil, the Nifty fifty, uh, which I use just for taking photos of the kids and and and. Um, yeah, kind of the habitats of where we are. Yeah, one thing that has been really exciting is you guys have joined the Sorovsky family and you guys are using the Sorovsky CL Companion 8x30 binoculars. Now, these are the same binoculars I'm using. And honestly, when I first got them in my hands, they were very small and I was very doubtful about whether they could be good birding binoculars. But I've been absolutely absolutely impressed this year so what have been your thoughts of the of these binoculars tell us what you, what what how have you found using them so for me i've i mean the first time i think we birded with them i almost fell over i couldn't believe um, the difference and just seeing how clear everything looked and how how comfortable it was to have the binos around my neck it was just so light and for me um yeah i've, I've struggled previously carrying you know, a two and a half year old on my hip and trying to hold and stabilize with my binos. And with the Swarovskis, it was just, yeah, so light. And I actually wear them on the side. So I put them around, um, around my shoulders. So they're hanging like around a, a diagonally across my chest. And it made such a difference. I can hardly even realize that I'm wearing them at all. So yeah, it's been incredible for those forest walks. But haven't you guys been amazed? Um, they're such small binoculars, but the light that comes through is absolutely fantastic. I was doing a bit of birding this afternoon, and the light wasn't fantastic. But it's when you look through them, the light that comes through the through the the, the, the glass is absolutely fantastic. It's mind blowing. Yeah, I, I, I've, that was one of the things that you were discussing as well when we were kind of using them for the first time. Was yeah, just the like you're saying this for the quality. And kind of the output that you're getting for such a small compact bin is absolutely insane. So, yeah, we we are really really loving loving the new addition to to the the big year. And um, yeah, can't wait to keep putting them through the paces. And then how durable have you found them? Because you obviously are birding. You've been to a whole lot of different places. You have kids with you. They they're not big binoculars. How durable are they? No, they've been amazing. I must say, again, when you when you have them in the hand. And you, you kind of know they swallows you, or you know, a bit nervous. Um, but they they are really robust for the mm. size, and and yeah, I mean the we we do when when the kids are looking for binos, we um they have their own little pairs, which is great. But the other day, we when we were at uh, at one pan at Seleucia, Ren, they were next to Ren, and she just picked them up like pretty effortlessly and used them. And yeah, we kind of watched over his shoulder. <laughs> but yeah, they they yeah, we've be... also used them in the rain and mm. um. They were so easy to put the the little caps on. It was, but even though you don't need to because they waterproof, it was yeah. <laughs> quite a mind shift for us. Yeah. But uh, you can feel a lot more confident just taking them out and using them. Yeah, yeah the a little yeah. yeah in the elements without having to worry because you know that they are robust and they and they've been they look brand new still, which mm. is incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, they absolutely are fantastic binoculars. And I think just what we were saying before we went on air, which is quite surprising, is their price is not as much as you might think. Um, they obviously are a little bit more a little bit more expensive than some of the entry-level binoculars. But if you're looking to get a pair of Swarovski, I really would suggest go to, go to the shop, give it a try. I think you might be very, very surprised with with how good, how fantastic they are. I mean, I know I was using a pair of Nikon before, um, I can't 10 by 40s or something uh, and I was using a pair of Nikon before and when I actually picked them up and I started using the Swarovskis it was like birding for the first time I was like it was like starting this journey all over again I saw colors on birds that I've never seen before it's like oh my word yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, they really. I think yeah. Once, once you, once you've sampled a pair and and tried it, yeah, it's definitely it's a game changer, hundred percent. So you guys have traveled South Africa as birders. I've I've always had this feeling that the South African tourism industry has never fully understood the value of birders. I mean, birding is probably, as far as I know, it's the second biggest, the second fastest growing hobby in the world. There are millions of birders in the US and the UK. And it's, for me, I've, it always seems as if the, especially the the nature industry is more target, more aimed at the, you know, those who want to see the big five and that kind of thing. And I don't think they've fully understood the value of the birding market. So I want to ask you guys, as people that have traveled around South Africa and experienced so much of the tourism industry, do you feel that the tourism industry has understood the value of the birding market yet? No, no, I, I really don't think, I, I don't think that there is, yeah, I don't, I, as you said, I don't think they've, they've fully kind of comprehended what the birding community kind of has has on offer. I mean, if you just look at often uh, Trevor Hardacre puts out those comments, you know, and there's those long-standing twitches. I mean, like the sooty gull and the buff-breasted sandpipe. You know, you, the number of people that are going to those particular spots, if there's a mega out there, or just in terms of birding, you know, people are longing, especially with the whole COVID thing going on. They're longing to be out outdoors and and looking for different birding spots now that you can't travel abroad. And I, I do think that's one area that is is definitely lacking. A lot of places we've we've gone to, you know, we've approached the owner and said, "Gee, there's amazing birding on this property, um, lovely birding routes." And it's kind of like, "Oh, well, we didn't haven't really thought about that before." Um, and it's I think it's definitely something that mm. that needs to be looked at because, like you say, it's it's very much like big five mammals and whatnot. But yeah, birders birders will travel, <laughs> birders will travel distances to go to good spots, and a lot of places we've seen have got that, but are just kind of not not marketing it or not kind of investing in in the birding component. Yeah, it always amazes me. Uh, I something years, Craig, we had a chat the other day, and I said, what really amazes me is I phoned lodges and that and nature reserves and game reserves, and if I asked them, do you guys have a bird list? And it amazes me how many nature oriented places don't even have a bird list. It's, it's actually shocking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we've thought about that quite a lot. I mean, we have been quite su- pleasantly surprised at some of the amazing walks that are available in different areas. And it's often on these walks or hikes that you then really get to see the birds that are on, are on offer in the area. Yeah, like just like Mountain Zebra National Park comes yeah. to mind. We had um, around the campsite, they had this stunning hike up to a mountain i think it's like two k two k's or something it's not that long but it's all 100 percent safe even though there is the big five there yeah it's all Um, fenced around it's all fenced and only on that on that walk you really found we found some stunning birds and i don't think they advertise i'm not too sure if they advertise birding per se but it is Mm. such an incredible birding spot that whole that whole park is incredible Um, and if they advertised it more as a birding spot, I reckon that people would really go there if they had a good target list. 
Um, one of the things that I've really noticed is, and I would wish for it to change or to improve, is the, the accessibility of birding trails. So obviously, um, people with visual impairment um, and people who are in wheelchairs or in different um, mobility devices can't actually access the majority of the birding that we've done this year. Mm. Um, and it's really sad because birding is probably the best sport for somebody who's visually impaired because they can um, list um, on birds that they've heard called. So um, I just wish, I really, really wish that South Africa could, could improve um, their accessibility of different birding trails. Yeah, to make it more accessible to all different types of birders with different needs. So here's, here's, a, here's a question. Um, what are some things that you feel the, the South African tourism industry does well when catering for birders? And what are some things you think they need to work on? Yeah, so I think that's what we're saying now is the definite things that they've done well is when I think of most of the the kind of reserves that we've been to, often there is there are walks, you know, whether it's in a campsite or mm. I know Karoo National Park as well got some really nice walks that you can do around, which is great to kind of spend that time. And, and a lot of places, you know, you've got your hides and your lookout points. We've done uh, so many places this year. Um, and even if it's on, on kind of private properties, you know, the farms that we've stayed at, there is that kind of accessibility to mm. birding. It's definitely... Mm. If you can get into the area, there are opportunities to bird. But yeah, I think, again, the things that which kind of can be approved on is maybe a, a more appreciation for, for the value that birding holds as a conservation point, as well as um, like a, a marketing point to get birders around to kind of advertise it. Yeah. And, and again, obviously, like you're saying, the accessibility, I think. I think, was it Southern Kruger was the one yeah. spot where we saw there was an active kind of push Braille. There was Braille on some of the trails. Yeah, yeah, and there was a guiding rope. Um, yeah, guiding and rope. And it was ramp. Yeah, that was really nice to see. But otherwise, we actually haven't seen <laughs> an accessible trail um, anywhere else yeah. around South Africa, which is quite far behind, I think, the overseas birders. So, and also the the bird hides have always impressed us. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like Vitsa Nature Reserve, they have the most incredible bird hides and lovely, lovely. Um, birding walks mm. and they advertise quite a bit yeah. about it and well so, maintained as well that was yeah, the well maintained. amazed us is, is the maintenance of some of these places it is it has been amazing yeah so it's been really awesome to chat but just before you guys go what are some places that you still plan to visit as the year goes on yeah so the next uh, the next couple of weeks we still obviously based in kzn so we, we've still got a few of the northern kzn specials to china and, and get under the belt um and then in October, we'll be spending uh, 10 days up in northern Limpopo, which we're very excited for. We're going to head up there for a few of the northern Kruger specials, which we're still needing, which should be really exciting. And then, yeah, um, we'll be in that time of, of the season of, of the birds returning. So looking forward to to getting some some nice twitches back under the belt. There's a few beating hearts this morning when the report of the Egyptian vulture, <laughs> Mirkuruman, came in. But yeah, then we'll be in December, we'll pretty much be spending most of December just at that stage trying to clean up and, and twitch as much as possible um, to try and get to that that dream of, of 700. So thanks so much for being on the show. It's been really a lot of fun. I'll pop all your social media links into the comment section of the of this uh, podcast, but it's been great to chat to you. And yeah, we look forward to following the rest of this year's adventures. Thank you so much, Adam. Yeah, thanks. thanks, Adam. 
thanks to the birding life for all the support and encouragement and just yeah always being there for us this year it's been absolutely amazing we're really really glad that we did get um, in contact with you so thank you so much we are proud to be working in association with wild books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price if you would like to support the birding life project and the resources that we are putting out please click on the link in either the comment section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.